Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. So good to see you. Yes, I had COVID. No, I don't have it anymore. And I'm angry because I don't have my taste and it is the week of Thanksgiving. Isn't this ridiculous? I told someone, I don't know what's even, I, 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 the one thing I hate the most, I can't taste anything. So anyway, it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be an interesting Thanksgiving. I'm still gonna cook and have fun doing it. But guys, thank you so much for, uh, for all your prayers. Um, listen, we, we're gonna continue. It's so important we understand, you know, part of this whole idea is, uh, you know, J- Jason, you know, case is going up, what, why should, you know, what about the church being open? Why should it be open? Listen, we, we understand this. One, um, we are to obey God and not man. But two, secondly, is this. But, a bunch of rebels. Secondly, is this. We, we understand that, that God created mankind. And he created us in different, with different aspects of our lives. There is mind, there is soul, and there is body. And anytime you isolate one and just say, I'm going to do away with the other things and just isolate one of those things, you still suffer and you still die. God has created us to be a whole being, to be able to be in a place that our souls can be fed, be in a place that we take care of our physical bodies, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which Scripture tells us to take care of your temple and our mind as well. And so we as a, as a, as a church and ministry understand that we are made up of these parts. And so we are, as a church, we're the only, only only organization ordained by God on the face of the planet to bring hope and purpose and to feed people's souls. And so we're going to be faithful to that because the Word of God's, God says that. And we're going to be faithful that if anybody is desperate, if anybody needs to worship in, in person, that we're going to be open and we're going to be there to serve them in the name of the Lord. So we'll continue to do that. Now, we, we still use wisdom. We, we still, why? Because we got to keep all those things in tension as stewards of our beings and our bodies. And so if part of that stewardship is staying home, joining online, then you need to do that. Part of that stewardship is being here. You need to do that. As part of that is, is, is wearing a mask and socially distant, you need to do that. But also, we just want to let you know, hey, listen, the, the Bible says for the church to continue to gather and to be, and so we're going to keep doing that. We love you. We're grateful. And can we just give God a hand for his faithfulness to us? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And, uh, you know, part of the reasons why we're, why we're open, as Pastor Nathan was just sharing, um, you know, one of the reasons why we gather and we give, one, because Scripture says it, but two, it creates the expression of who God is to our community. And very interesting, this passage that uh, Pastor Nathan shared from Malachi talks about bringing your, your offering, your gifts into the storehouse. The storehouse is your local church. And because you do that, there then is food in the storehouse to be able to serve other people. And that's what we get to do today with no empty tables as we are providing Thanksgiving meals in people's homes um, throughout our city because Jesus, Jesus lavishly gave his love and showed his love upon us. Because we, not because we deserve it, because really because he's faithful. And so we wanted to demonstrate that heart of Jesus. And because of your generosity, because of everything that you have given, because of the boxes that you filled up and you put a Thanksgiving meal in there, we're going to be distributing those boxes right across the street between two and four for families in our community that want a, a, a box. They want a box of food and they want, they want to be able to have a Thanksgiving meal and they, and they just, maybe they just need to be blessed. And so we wanted to provide that. We wanted to be the expression of Jesus to them. So between two and four, they, they can come around. You can pick up your box. In each box is all the sides that you would have in a normal Thanksgiving meal. But also in that box will be a card for them to go to King Supers and get a turkey. And then they can make that that meal in their own home and they can honor they can just be thankful that what that God has used this church to bless them and so we just want to bless them so can you give yourselves a hand for doing that today so grateful 
If you, could, uh, if you could just do me a huge favor and you could share um, these things on social so that we can, we can get the word out. Um, they, it will go quickly, as it always does. It will go quickly, but we want to bless as many people as we can. So if you need a box, come get one. If you know someone that needs a box, come get one and take it th- to them and just bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what we want to continue to do. So guys, listen, today we're continuing this series on prayer. And we're going to be in Psalm 107. And uh, I tell you this, this message today, there's something special about it. Because God, God really, it's not that I wrestled with God through this message. It was, it was God, um, he had me plow some really, really deep furrows is what I felt like as, as I was leading into this and, and really trying to articulate from this passage what God wanted to say to you. I believe God wants to meet you today. I believe that God, as we're in this series of prayer, he wants you to understand the, the, the heart behind prayer. And we see this heart in Psalm 107. But before I get to Psalm 107, it's important, you know, just uh, for me, the, the book of Psalms is something that's very special to me. I remember from the age of, uh, of 18, as I was walking with God and, and developing and growing in my walk with God, Psalm, Psalms became my companion. I, I found my voice in Psalms. I, I found uh, the, the things I lacked to be able to articulate to God and the words that I felt on the inside, I found them in Psalms. From, from the words of David to the other psalmist, I, it, I was able to express them. Many times I would open up Psalms and just read the Psalms as my own prayer. I would express them. I would make them first person and pray them and declare them to God. And so I, we, I, I just want to encourage you today that this, this book of Psalms is such a powerful, powerful tool in your life. For me also personally, as I read through the book of Psalms, it broke the spirit of pride off my life. It gave me permission to to worship God passionately, to to declare my love for Jesus passionately, to to preach the gospel and to stand up for righteousness and and to worship through song and worship through music in a way that I had not discovered if it wasn't for the book of Psalms. But also as you read in there, it's, there are these moments in these chapters of historical remembrance of what God had done for the children of Israel. And today that is the passage we're going to be in in Psalm 107. And so we're going to learn from it. We're going we're to allow God to speak to us from it. Now I will tell you this today, this message is challenging. This message is going to speak to Every one of us in this room and maybe more than others and, and those joining us online, it's going to speak to you. It's going to transform you. But also as it exposes things in our lives, it's going to give us great hope. Now this passage out of Psalm 107, it's about the journey of the children of Israel. Their ups, their downs, their troubles, their mistakes, their seasons of wandering, their seasons of darkness, their seasons of prison, their seasons of desert. And really, this is this incredible passage about in their moment of weakness, in their moment of pain, in their, in, in their moment of, of God, do you even see us? We're going to find in this passage that it is truly the character of God that in your moment of pain, in your moment of desperation, in your moment of God, I don't know what's going on, that God absolutely sees you. He absolutely hears you. And he's waiting for you today to call on him because by his grace, he wants to come and meet you today. Do you agree with that? That's where God wants to meet you today. And so today we're going to really lean into God and allow him to give you, no matter where you are, no matter where you are, whether live or online, a reassurance of the goodness of God. This beginning, the beginning of this passage out of Psalm 107, really it is a Thanksgiving passage. It's used a lot around Thanksgiving time. But the beginning of the Psalm, uh, uh, verse 1, says this. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And this is the beginning of the psalm. And so the purpose of this psalm was to look back and remember the faithfulness of God through every season, through every moment, 
through every time, through every up and through every down of the faithfulness of God to meet us in these times. And so, but it moves from give thanks to the Lord, it moves into de describing these pictures of the children of Israel and their journey with God over the years. And so you have these four images with God that we're, with the children of Israel that we're going to look at. So the question for you today, as we have, we're going to look at these moments that the children of Israel went through difficult seasons and difficult times. The question for us today is, if you are in difficult times and difficult seasons, do you sense and do you feel like God still sees you? And that's what I want to ask you today. Maybe you are in that difficult season. Maybe you are in that difficult time. And I want you to know that if you are, there is hope for you today. There is hope for you. Not because of who you are, but because of who our God is. And just as though God was faithful to the children of Israel in Psalm 107, he will be faithful to you as his child as you have submitted your life and yourself to him. And so those being written about in this chapter... Again, are the children of Israel, who just so you're aware, by all accounts, never deserved any blessing whatsoever from God. They did nothing to get God's attention and say, see God, we are worthy of your blessing. None of them did. The children of Israel did not. So God's blessing on their life or God's provision or God's faithfulness to them, now hear me for a second, had nothing to do with them. It had everything to do with God. And so as we read through these, these instances, these images, these pictures of where, where they had gone and, and what they were going through, it's important for you to understand and see today that it's by the grace of God that just as God would, would meet them when they didn't deserve it, your God wants to meet you today when you don't deserve it. It was by God's grace and God's commitment to sustain them that he chose to do so, not because of who they are. I also remind you today as we are on the week of Thanksgiving, as we're going to give thanks to God. This is, you know, our national holiday coming up. It's time for us to give thanks of the blessings in our lives. It's important that we remember, though, that just like the children of Israel, we don't deserve any blessing from God either. None of us in this room did one thing to get God's attention, to attract his blessing. All of us were born enemies with God. All of us were born with absolute and total depravity. All of us were. That's what makes God so amazing. That while you were still a sinner and yet a sinner, Christ still died for you. He still went after you. He still sought you. It was a one-way love to hunt you down, to find you, to save your little sinner butt, and to bring you into his family. Amen? It is the picture of the passion of God for you and to you. And so we're going to see that today. The people in this psalmist, the people in this chapter that the psalmist was remembering walked through different seasons, circumstances that seemed absolutely impossible. But by God's grace, he met them. So I titled this message today, The Redeeming, Rescuing, Restoring Grace of God. And there are four images in this chapter, different seasons of different difficulties, all are taken from the children of Israel's journey. Each image, though, in this chapter has four parts. And so the four parts work this way. And, and since the Bible is a pretty, it, it, you know, it's probably, um, the, not probably, it is the best book and the best outline. It's perfectly written. We're just going to allow the Bible to be the outline in which we use today. But in each image, there are four parts. There is the predicament that they're in, and maybe you're in a predicament today. There's the prayer that they prayed, and maybe today you need to pray. 
There's their deliverance, and today you need to understand that God is waiting to deliver you, and there is their thankfulness after the deliverance. So I want to learn from these seasons, these pictures, and some of you are going to find yourself in some of these images. Some of you are going to find yourself in some of these difficulties. Some of you are going to find somebody you know. You know what? I know they are in that place. Maybe some of you are going to find yourself in all of them today, and that's okay. What's most important today is that we, we lift our eyes to the one who can meet us where we are. And so today we're going to lean into him, and today we're going to trust God to do something in our lives. And so we're going to go on a journey with the children of Israel, and God's going to minister to you. He's going to extend his grace to you. You're going to see from his desire to, to minister to them, his desire is to minister to you, to rescue you, to restore you. And if you have given your life to, to God through Jesus Christ, you have been brought into the family of God. You've been grafted into him. And the same faithfulness that he's shown to the children of Israel, he will continue to show it to you for the rest of your life and into eternity. So then how do we experience, if we are in a difficult season, the redeeming, rescuing, restoring grace of God in difficult times? How do we do that? Well, number one, the first step is this, and then we're going to get into the passage. We need to be honest about the predicament that you are in. You need to be honest about the predicament you are in. The definition of predicament is this, it's a difficult, unpleasant, or embarrassing situation. Are you in a difficult situation today? Are you in an unpleasant situation? Are you in a, an embarrassing situation that you just, you don't even want anybody to know about? If you are, you're in the right place. If you are, you are tuning into the right place because God wants to meet you today. The children of Israel came to the realization in their journey with God of where they were. And it was in that moment that they, they actually came to grips. This is where I am. This is what's going on in my life. It was the catalyst. It was the open door for them to experience God's grace in their lives. Such an important part of our journey with God is to actually identify and come to grips with the situation or the predicament or the embarrassing situation or the problem or the difficult situation that you are actually in. Many of us, listen, maybe it's the American way, I don't, I don't know what, but many of us are masters of denial. We're masters of it. We are masters of deflection and we're, we are like the spin, like, you know, the, on the news, they said, this is a no spin zone. All of us, when we're going through difficult times, we are the masters of the spin zone. And by deflecting and by denying and by spinning the truth, it helps us maintain some sense of self-preservation so we don't have to deal with the actual truth. And we can do this out of pride. We can do this out of pain. Many of us do this out of learned behavior because our parents did it. Well, my, you know, my parents never actually came to grips with where they were. And so I guess I don't either. And we go, well, it's your fault. And well, I did this because you did this. And I'm acting this way because you're acting that way. And well, I'm doing this because so-and-so did this. And, and so we spin and we just, you know, it's just, it's crazy. We're, we are a spin factory. But here's the truth about spinning. That we will never be able to get deliverance from the place you are actually in until you actually admit that you're in that place. And so God wants to do something in our lives. The children of Israel had gone through very difficult times. They'd gone through, through, through issues. They'd gone through rebellion. They, they'd gone through, through, through difficult times. Some were their fault, some were not. But today, I believe God wants to meet you where you are. And the truth is, is the freedom and the life you desire can only be found in an honest, 
moment with God where you lay everything before him, totally humble, totally naked, with nothing to hide. Say, God, this is where I am. And it's in those moments that he's able to rescue you. My friends, healing is waiting for you today. And I believe that. I want us to walk through Psalm 107 and ask some questions that would help bring some clarity to where you might be today from the journey of the children of Israel. So from this passage, we're going to look at where they were, and we're going to ask the question of ourselves if we are in the same place that they were, and then what we can learn from it. So today, one of the first things that's really important for you to to be honest about really where you are out of Psalm 107, I want to ask you this question. Today, in this season, in this time, do you find yourself in a desert? Do you find yourself in a desert? The children of Israel did with their journey with God. They had found, they found themselves in a desert. Verse 4 says this, some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. So they were wandering in wastelands, not, not being able to settle, not being able to, to, to find a place to go, oh, peace, home, I'm good. You know, over the last year, many of us have found ourselves in very dry and difficult desert places. If I was asked to raise your hand and said, hey, has, has this been a desert for anybody this year? It would have been like, yes, if I had a third hand, I'd raise it up, right? That's what it feels like. With the added stress of this year, with the added pressure of this year, and all the different things that's happened this year. One, I, I, I really see this year as a gift from God to bring exposure and clarity to many of our lives so we can continue to be the church that God's called us to be. But in all reality, still, it's still, we have to walk through desert places. And so when you add the stress, it started to create deserts in our lives. With the pressure, with with all the different moving pieces, it created deserts in our relationships, deserts in our marriages, in our friendships, deserts in our church family, the interaction from one another, deserts in our connection to church, we've drifted away. Deserts in our relationships, when our relationship with God. And when we are in a desert, you know what happens? We start wandering. We start, we, there's, we don't even know where we're going. And wandering means we move aimlessly from place to place. In other words, we stop being intentional about our lives because we're in a desert. We're wandering and things start to suffer because of that desert. And wondering means we stop being intentional, maybe about our marriage. Stop being intentional about our relationship with our kids because I'm locked in a house with them. Last thing I want to do is hang out with my kids. So peace out, kids. We stop being intentional about our relationship with God because our whole life got flipped upside down or feels that way. And when you're in a desert, you know what happens? Things start to dry up, to wither, and to die. But the great thing about our God is our God is a God that can bring forth water in the midst of a desert. Our God is a God that says, hey, don't, don't you, do you perceive it? I am doing a new thing. I'm bringing forth gardens in the midst of your desert. I'm bringing forth vineyards in the midst of your dry places. This is the God that we serve, but you will never be able to experience that provision of God until you first admit, I'm actually in a desert. So these areas of deserts in our lives might be areas you've stopped being intentional They might be areas, though, that were out of your control. You've just kind of, it just happened. I don't know what that desert may be, but I want you to know this. It could even be financially today. Children of Israel, verse 5, as they're in the desert, says they were hungry and they were thirsty and their lives ebbed away. 
So are you in a desert? And that's the question for us to bring some clarity. I know these are very difficult questions today, but I really believe that God is going to speak to us. God wants you to know this, that he wants to pour out his mercy and his grace on you. He wants to heal your life. He wants to heal your marriage. He wants to heal you and bring provision for you financially. He wants to heal the area of desert emotionally, mentally, even physically, spiritually, because your God is a God that wants to breathe new life on you and for you. And so it's so important for us as a church, as believers, to say, you know what, let's take some evaluation and say, yeah, I, I, I can identify some desert areas. The children of Israel were wandering in a desert, not settled, and they were drying up. Second question I want to ask you for clarification today is do you find yourself in a type of prison? Children of Israel did. Verse 10, it says this, that some sat in darkness in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. Now this is about being trapped in some type of prison. Now remember, difficult seasons and difficult times can bring forth deserts in our lives. They can also put us in some type of prison. And a prison is just something that you just feel like you can't get out of. Now today, it could be a prison of anxiety, of depression, addiction, financial debt, fear, prison of affliction, maybe in your physical body. You can mean a prison of bitterness and unforgiveness because of pain and wounds that you've, you've had to, to walk through and you've just never been able to get past them. Could be you're trapped in a prison of needing to control everyone around you. And you think that it's your safe place is the place that you're in control. But as you control everybody, you realize, no, it has put me in a prison. Relationally, it's put me in a prison emotionally. Could be a prison of insecurity. Could be a prison of anger. And I will say this, nobody that is, identifies himself in a prison says, I'm so glad I'm in a prison. Nobody says that. But this is where the children of Israel were. They were, at some point in their journey, they were in a prison. And the truth is this, because we're human, because one of our, one of our greatest and probably worst traits is this, this self-preservation. I'm going to survive. I, we have a survival mentality. Nothing wrong with that. But because... That is in us, that God put that in us. It's difficult for us to be honest and admit really where we are. It's difficult for us to put the white flag up to Jesus and say, I surrendered to you. I'm in a prison, God, and I need you to help me. And I know that not all prisons are of your own making. They could have been prisons built by other people, prisons built by what was done to you. Prisons that, that have been put around you that, that cause your emotions to be what they are, caused your, your, your heart to become hard and caused you to have a chip on your shoulder. And I don't know what that is today. But I do know this, as you identify whether you're in a desert or whether you're in a, in, in a prison, I want you to hear my heart today and know the heart of God. God is desperate and longing to meet you today by his grace. And if you are in a prison, he is the master prison breaker outer. And he wants to do that in your life today. <clears throat> Next question to help us clarify where you might be today. Based off of Psalm 107, do you find yourself giving in to sin? You know, when we go through difficult times, we start to make some compromises in our life. The children of Israel did it as well. In difficult times, now l listen to this, when they could not see what God was doing, they began to participate in sin. When they couldn't wrap their head around what was going on, they began to participate in sin. When Moses went up to Mount Sinai to meet with God, 
and now he's been, he's been gone for 30-something days, now 40 days. Like, come on. I, I guess we don't know. I guess God doesn't see us anymore. God, God, I don't know what you're doing. You know what we'll do? Let's make an idol and worship it. Let's compromise the things that we know that God said not to do. We're going to do it. And, and instead of us serving and loving God because I can see oh, the whole character of who he is, I, I feel like I can't see him anymore, so therefore I'm going to compromise and begin to go back to what I'm familiar with. I want you to think of your journey over this year. Has the pressure of this year revealed areas of weakness in your life? Areas that you used to have your guard up in because you said this to God, never again, God. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for delivering me. I will never allow that in my life ever again. But over this year, that, that wall has come down and you're participating in that which you said you would never do. Maybe it's areas you've compromised in. Or maybe slow, it's been a slow fade. And you can tell even today it's affecting your life. You can tell today, if you were to be real honest, it's affecting your relationships. It's affecting your health. It's affecting your spiritual walk with God. It's affecting your whole well-being the children of Israel in Psalm 107 found themselves in that journey, participating in sin during difficult times. Verse 17 says this, some were fools. So some were in a desert, some were in a prison, and some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. Again, I understand these questions are not easy. But to answer them honestly will bring deliverance and allow you to receive the grace of God today. These questions are necessary for us to really be honest and open our hearts to a God who sees everything anyway. And God is asking us to just evaluate our life today, acknowledging Maybe today in this area of prison, or maybe it's in the desert, but maybe it's acknowledging that sin is in your life. And I want you to know something, that God does not expose sin to condemn you and to hold it over your head. He exposes it so we can heal you and set you free and break the back of sin on your life and give you a life that you've always wanted to live anyway. That's why he does it. And it's in these moments of honesty that you can begin to be restored, to be healed, to be renewed by the incredible grace of God. Next question to help bring clarity to where you might be today. This is the last question, so you can just relax. It's the last one, okay? All right? Do you find yourself in a storm? Do you find yourself in a storm? The children of Israel did. Verse 23 and 26 says this, that some went off to sea in ships. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged against to the depth. So this is not a very pleasant ride. And the sailors cringed in terror. Even in this scripture, you can see that the sailors were clinging to the deck of the ship. They were caught in this incredible storm that just seemed overwhelming they didn't have any, they, they, they didn't have any control on, on this. And in these storms, what storms do is they make us feel helpless. We, they feel, you feel as though, man, I'm just, whatever, you know, I, I just, I go up, I go down, I think I'm good, then I'm not. It's like how the disciples felt on the Sea of Galilee and the storms kicked up and, and they're freaking out. They thought, I'm, I'm not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Fellas, we're not going to make it. Where's Jesus? He's sleeping. Well, does he know we're not going to make it? It's a feeling of helplessness. The feeling of I'm not going to make it. And that might be you today. 
It's like these moments where they're helpless moments. You think, you know, this isn't, this isn't ever supposed, this was never supposed to happen. It's like the passengers on the Titanic who hit the, they, they, they hit the iceberg and it was never supposed to happen. The storm never supposed to happen. The experience was never supposed to happen like a pandemic. Maybe for you it's a relational breakdown, never supposed to happen. Job uncertainty, election uncertainty. You're thinking, yes, but Jason, you don't understand. My catchphrase for 2020 was the year of clear vision and I can't see anything. (laughs) Didn't God know how clever that was? (laughs) But these four images, they're four experiences from the children of Israel that they might be where you are today. But I have great hope for you that the God of the universe that sent his son to die for you, to give his life for you, to die on a cross and God who raised him from the dead, that same God is here to give you hope today. The same God that this chapter 107 was remembering the difficult seasons, the difficult times, was actually looking back and saying, God, when we didn't deserve it, when we were here, when we were in a desert, when we were in a prison, when we were in sin, when we were in a storm, you were faithful and you came through for us. And so we are going to give you thanks and praise today. That God that provided a way out for them, will provide a way out for you. That you can call on his name. And regardless of where you are today in your hour of trouble, and your hour of desert or prison or stumbling in sin or the storm, where you think there is no way out, according to Psalm 107, they did something that allowed them to experience the miraculous movement of God in their life, to experience the redeeming, rescuing, restoring grace of God in the midst of troubled, difficult times. And that key, and what they found, and we're gonna look at it in just a moment, was number two. How do you experience the grace of God? You need to this, ask God to help you in your trouble. Ask after you've been honest about where I am, where you are, then in that humility, You just need to ask him. That's what they did. But for some reason, when we're in the midst of our trouble, uncertainty, sometimes prayer is like the last thing for some reason. Because we go into like fix-it mode. There's nothing wrong with trying to sort stuff out. But we go into fix-it mode. We're okay, we got to do this. Okay, plan B, plan A, B, C. If that fails, I don't know, call your mom. You know, we just got to figure this out. And we go into all these plans, and before we know it, we're like, oh, wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's pray. I'm guilty of it in my own personal life. All of us are guilty. Even as a leadership team here at the church, you know, we've had, a lot of, had to make a lot of decisions. Like, we're, you know, we're like, we're moving, and we're, you know, it feels like we're, we're flying in a plane, and we're like building it as we're flying. It's like, okay, all right, keep, keep going. No, don't swap that out. So we're going, we're trying to sort stuff out. We've got an amazing, amazing leadership team that we work together so well, and we, we complement each other. And so we're talking, what about this, and what are we going to do about that, and should we swap this? Then we go, hey, 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 we haven't prayed yet. We should pray. We should pray. And we ask God to help us in our trouble. But that's what we can learn from this passage is that God is eagerly awaiting you to ask him for help in the midst of your trouble. God is eagerly awaiting to hear your voice. The God of the universe is longing to meet you, to come to you, to come to your rescue, to to just show up and to bring healing and life and restoration and calm your fear and anxiety and and storm. He's just waiting for you to give give him an invitation and ask him to help you in your time. A trouble. If we were to return to the topic of the desert, maybe the Holy Spirit today has revealed to you, and you've been honest with yourself today, that you're in a desert. You're, maybe you're in a desert of relationship, desert in your marriage, desert in your spiritual life, desert 
in your relationship with your kids, a desert with your parents, a desert with your connection with your church, a desert in your life. According to this passage, God, see, in the desert we think God is off somewhere else. In the desert we think God is just doing his, his own thing. But according to this passage, God's ear is tuned very, very, very closely to your voice. And he's waiting to hear you today. And he can move you. He wants to bring you from a desert of uncertainty and dryness to a place of peace and wholeness. It's, it's in their desert, the children of Israel. Listen to how they solved their desert. And, and I want you to take note of who's listening to their voice. Verse 6 and 7, this is what they say. Lord, help. Everybody say, Lord, help. Lord, help. So they cried out in their trouble. Now, this is their desert. And he rescued them from their distress. So remember, they were wondering. Remember, they didn't have a place to, to find peace. Remember, they were, they were anxiety and fear. And where are we? And where, where do we belong? And we're just out in the desert. He, the, he heard their distress and led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. And they could call their own. So this is the truth that God today, if you're in a desert, he wants you to call out to him. But something you need to understand that he also is the one who answers your call and he can lead you from wherever you are and bring you to a place of provision out of the desert into a place of belonging today. But you know where that is. There might be, he, he will lead you out of a place of distress in your marriage, place of distress in your home, place of distress wherever your desert is today. He's waiting for you to say this, Lord, help me. If we were to return to the topic of prison, maybe the Holy Spirit has revealed some things in your own heart, in your own life. And maybe today you've come to grips with this. Maybe you've been honest. And you might be in a prison of addiction. A prison of unforgiveness, a prison of anger, anxiety, depression, fear, worry, doubt. You need to know that in your prison, even though you feel helpless, you are not helpless because you are a child of God. And according to this passage, you are one prayer away from him meeting you and rescuing you and your dark very broken, very vulnerable, very weak hour. Your God who sees you, who loves you, who knits you together in your mother's womb, who has the hairs numbered on your head, who has a plan for you. He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't left you. That God is waiting for you to call on him and you can receive that peace. You can receive that bond-breaking power in your life. He did it for the children of Israel. They were in their prison. Verses 13 and 14, this is what they cried out. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and the deepest gloom, and he snapped their chains off of their lives. That's what God can do for you. But it requires these first two words, Lord, help. And to get to Lord, help, it requires you being honest of where you are. If we were to return to the topic of sin, maybe today the Holy Spirit has convicted you and revealed to you there's areas of your life that you have compromised in. Maybe you have been participating in sin, you've compromised, you've given in to your flesh. In this difficult season and time, it's, it, you've seen things in you that you thought you dealt with years ago. The same shadows of the past are beginning to become reality. And you know this area of sin. You know you're not fighting against it anymore. You've just embraced it. It's just how you're living your life now. And maybe today you've come to grips with your sinful actions in hidden places, 
Maybe today God has revealed and shown you and you see it for what it is, the inappropriate chats you're having online with someone that's not your spouse. Maybe today you're tired of, a, of the excuses and, and the spinning of why it's okay for you to have sex with your fiance because you're gonna get married anyway. And so what does it matter? Maybe you've, today you've come to grips with the sin of your bitterness or the sin of your boasting or the sin of your pride or your anger or your complaining or being quarrelsome or lying or manipulating or your envy or hypocrisy, your greed, your stealing, your drunkenness, your strife, being a lover of self, disobeying your parents. And today you realize this is leading me to death and you have a moment of honesty. If this were you are today, According to this passage, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can call on the name of the Lord and you can lay your life at his feet and you can say, God, cleanse me, forgive me, and he can give you a new start today because he is the God of grace. The children of Israel, when they were in sin and they came to a moment of honesty, Verse 19 and 20, they said this, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and he healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Some of you are on the door of death and you can smell it. And you realize one more mistake, one more step, and I could lose everything in my life because I've been participating in sin. God tells you today, stop it. Call on him and ask him to come and cleanse you today. He's given you a chance. He invites you to take his invitation. Today, maybe you find yourself in that storm we talked about. And the waves are high. And you've been tossed and you feel as though you are at the mercy of this stupid storm. And it's okay to call storms stupid. And you feel like you just can't get a bearing. And you've come to a place of being honest. And you say, God, I'm in this storm. And I've been trying to act like I'm not, but I am. Lord, I'm in trouble. Listen, whatever storm you are in today, my friends, it's time you lift your voice and you call out to God. As we find in verse 28 from those caught in a storm, they simply said, Lord, help. They cried out in their trouble and he saved them from their distress and he calmed the storm to a whisper and he stilled the waves. So many times we can focus on our storm and we forget to focus on the one who can actually speak to the storm and bring stillness and bring peace and bring life. God wants to meet you today. He wants to meet you right where you are in the midst of your situation, wherever that is. This is not for you to come to grips with something and then feel bad about it. This is to you to be honest about something so that it can open your heart to your Savior who's knocking on the door of your heart to say, let me help you. And he's waiting for you to say, Lord, help me. So many times in Christianity, man, we got to think, man, I got I to gotta act like I'm strong and act like I'm this and got my, my church face on and got my Monday face on and got like, I, I got I to make sure because surely I, after I get saved, I, I don't have to call on the name of the Lord anymore. And God wants to set you free from that, that he is with you day by day. He's one who walks with you closer than a brother, closer than a friend. He's there. He sees you. He hears you. He, you are on a journey being made and conformed to the image of his son. And you are walking with him and he's just waiting for you to call on him today. 
And what we see in every one of these situations, whether a desert, prison, sin, or storm, the Lord was faithful and delivered his people every time they called on his name. You see, in the desert, in any type of prison, in the midst of your sin, in the midst of a storm, the truth is this. So many times we try to figure it out. We do. We try to figure it out, but the only way to get deliverance, the only way to get through it, the only way out is the way up and to fix your eyes on your Savior. No matter the problem, no matter what the problem may be, there is only one way out of safety for you. Our only hope is to receive what's being extended to you. Your only hope is to reach beyond you, is to reach beyond your prison, to reach beyond your storm, to reach beyond your desert, to reach beyond your sin. Your only way of hope is to reach beyond and get a hold of the one who can save you and can deliver you. And the only way is to reach the one who can redeem you, who can show his grace to you. And to touch someone who controls the wind and the waves. And that person is the Lord Jesus Christ who came to make a way where there is no way. He came for those who were hurting. He came for those who needed him. He came for those who were desperate just like you. He came for you. And all you have to do is reach beyond where you are and get a hold of him. And he will come into your life and do a miracle for you. Amen. That's what God's waiting for you today. And he will restore you. And this is what we need to understand. That the God that you serve is a God that hears you. Is a God that heals you. Is a God that saves you. Is a God that as we come to the week of Thanksgiving, we can thank him for all that he is. We can remember. I want you just for a moment that you can remember how God over the years has sustained you. When you thought you couldn't do it, he came through and did it. When you thought you didn't know how you were going to provide for your family, he came through and he did it. When you thought you didn't know how you were going to get through some sickness, he got you through. And when you look back, you said, God, you've been so faithful and I thank you for who you are. And I give you honor and I give you glory. And if you did it then, God, you can do it again now. And I trust you. And if you did it for the children of Israel, you can do it for me now. And I trust you. That's what God is saying to you. Psalm 107 actually was written and it was read and sung by the congregation of Israel in the temple to celebrate God's historical deliverance and to remind them of God's ability to deliver them today as he did then, to deliver them individually as God will corporately for them as a body. But it also provides you and me this beautiful picture of God's deliverance that is offered by his grace to you today. So as we look at this and we, and we think from this chapter, we've moved from their predicament to their prayers. We've seen God's deliverance to bring them into safe harbor, to bring them into new safe places, to bring them into deliverance, to break the change of prison their last response, which is the beginning of this whole chapter, is verse 1. Therefore, God, I will give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. Amen? So when we respond to God, when we look back, we take note of the deserts that God's turned into gardens. We take note that he's met us right where we are. And so in context with the desert, they responded out of verses 8 and 9, seeing God's faithfulness. Let them praise the Lord for his great love, for the wondrous things he has done. For he satisfied their thir the thirsty and he filled the hungry with good things. Remember in the desert, they were thirsty and they were hungry. But now they're remembering, oh, but God, you satisfied me with drink and you satisfied me with food. You satisfied me with peace and I give thanks to you. For that. They remembered when they were in prison that God had set them free. I want you to remember today the darkness that you would be in without Christ in your life. I want you to remember the place that you would be. 
If it weren't for Jesus, where would you be today? If it weren't for, for his redeeming blood and his redeeming love, they remembered that God set them free. We remember that Jesus opened my prison doors. He set this captive free. And I will respond like verse 15 and 16. God, let I will praise the Lord for you are great. I will love you for the wondrous things you've done in my life. For you broke down my prison gates of bronze and you cut apart their bars of iron. And I thank God for that. How many are grateful for what God's done in your life? And when I look back upon what Christ has done, what he took upon him, himself, the punishment that, that I deserved was upon him. He was beaten so bad, they couldn't even recognize him. He was unrecognizable. They ripped his beard out. The wrath of God that I deserved, he took upon himself. Because he knew that we all like sheep had gone astray. Each of us had gone its own way. And the Lord placed upon him the iniquity of us all. And because of that, because I found my hope in Christ Jesus, because he did it for me, when I was rebellious, when I was doing my own thing, when I went my own way, he rescued me, he hunted me down, he pinned me in a corner, and he gave me life that I never deserved. And I'm so grateful. And because of that, just like they do, I do out of verse 21, I will praise the Lord for your great love and for your wondrous things you've done in my life. God, I will offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and I will sing joyfully about all your glorious acts in my life. When I think back about what God has done for me and the storms of my life, what I didn't know, how I was gonna get through. When I laid on the basement of my in-laws because I couldn't afford my own house. And I wept tears. I didn't understand. God, why would you bring me to Colorado to abandon me? I was just fine in Texas, and the Mexican food was much better. <laughs> God, why? And when I look back, I remember, I see now God's faithfulness. I didn't understand the storm, but I do now. And because of that, I will respond Verse 31, God, I will praise you for your great love, for the wonderful things that you've done in my life. Lord, I will exalt you publicly before the congregation. And before the leaders of the nation. Because you've delivered me from every storm, I'm going to declare you. I'm going to preach you. I'm going to do what your word says. I'm going to offer hope to the broken. We're going to keep our doors open. We're going to do what you told us to do. Why, God? Because you've been faithful in every storm. And you will be faithful in this one. And I have no doubt that you are the God that you were then as you are now. So wherever you are today, whatever you're facing, the Lord extends his hand to offer you grace, to meet you where you are, to bring new life to your desert, to heal your marriage, to touch your mind, to break prison doors, to shatter that which binds you. The favor of the Lord is here. To open your prison doors. To relieve you who are oppressed. To open blind eyes. And to meet you. 
and your sin. He's not here to condemn. God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus didn't go around the woman who was caught in adultery and and join in with the Pharisees who were wanting to kill her. He ran them all off and he said, woman, where are your accusers? He didn't condemn her. He gave her a new hope. He gave her dignity. That's what he will give you today if you will run to him and just say, Lord, I need your help. The storm that you think is too much, it is if you try to weather it by yourself. But with him, there is not a storm that God has not weathered. There is not a a moment on the high seas of life that God cannot meet you in. And there isn't a moment of fear and anxiety that as you call out to him, he can't touch you and hold you and let you know that he's got this. My friends, God wants to meet you today. Will you be honest about where you are? Will you ask him for help? Will you remember his faithfulness over the years? And when you thank, will you thank him for who he is? Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word that speaks to us. Lord, I'm aware that you're moving in this room. I'm aware that you are healing in this room. I'm aware that you are restoring in this room. I'm aware that you are rescuing in this room. I'm aware that you're doing it to every person who can hear the sound of my voice online. You're doing it. So today, God, as we have become honest, we ask you for help. Help us, Lord, in our deserts. Help us in our relationships. Help us in our financial deserts. Help us in our desert of compassion. Help us in our desert of understanding. Help us in our desert of loneliness. We call on your name. Won't you come to our aid and lead us to safe places? Lord, help us today. In our prisons, a prison of addiction, a prison. Help us, Lord. Satisfy us, Lord, with you and you alone. God, break the chains. Break the bars off of our lives today. We call out to you today. We admit we are in a prison and we ask you to help us. Lord, today we admit that we are in sin. We acknowledge, Holy Spirit, thank you for convicting And by convicting, we now have the opportunity to confess. And so we just ask you to cleanse us of our sins, our compromises. Lord, help us to understand why it was that it was so easy for us to drift in difficult seasons and times. Lord, cleanse us, strengthen us. Holy Spirit, come and fill us up to be overcomers and to overcome temptation. Help us to understand your the word that says there is not a temptation that comes to man that, Lord, you do not give an opportunity to escape, that you won't put on us any more than we can handle or bear in the area of temptation. So today we confess and we receive. Lord, today in our areas of storm, Lord, we submit to you. Lord, maybe some of us need to take, take our hands off of the sails and just trust you for a moment 
have some peace that you offer us. And Lord, we thank you that you are the God that has weathered every storm and you're the God that is leading us. You are not a God that you would lie. You are the God that every valley you walk with us. Valley of death, valley of storm, you are walking with us. And you prepare before us, God, tables in the midst of our enemy and the storms before us, you provide for us. And because of that, God, we will fear no evil for you are with us. For your rod and your staff, God, it's, it protects us and holds us and as well as it beats back the, the, the demonic forces and the evil men that would try to attack us. You are the good shepherd. And so today, we trust you with our lives. We trust you with our, with our spirits, with our families. And we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, just remain with your heads bowed for a moment. If you're here today and you realize I do not know Christ, then I want to ask him. I want to respond to what I sense in my heart right now. He's saying to me, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, and be saved. I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Raise it up right now. This is your moment. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Hold it up high so I can see you. Nobody, nobody's looking around. Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. If you're joining us online, you can do the same thing. Just right where you are. You can just raise your hand. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and we're going to pray it. And the scripture says, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, and you receive his invitation from you, that you will be saved. So let's all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner, and I receive your forgiveness. I believe that you died for me, and I believe that you rose from the dead. From this moment forward, I give you my life. I no longer belong to myself. And I commit my life to you. And I will follow you all the days of my life with your help. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand today. If you gave your life to Jesus today, so important right in front of you is a connect card. If you could just fill that out, check the box. Says, got saved and drop it off at the um, the baskets when you leave, the bucket, the white bucket when you leave. So appreciate that. Also, if you have any prayer requests, you can write that on the connect card and drop that off when you leave as well. Let's all stand to our feet. And as you do, I want you to know I love you. I'm grateful for you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Let me pray for you. If you can, just lift your hands to receive a blessing from the Lord today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless our people. God, I pray that you would go before them, you would lead them, you would guide them, and God, you would keep them. Lord, I thank you for your provision that was made for them by your son, Jesus Christ, that every promise is yes and amen for those who are in Christ. So Lord, I bless our marriages. I bless our relationships between moms and dads and kids and grandparents and in-laws and all those different aspects. God, we bless them today in Jesus' name. Lord, may you fill each of us with your assurance and your peace. And may you show us that you have us and you will provide for us regardless of what anyone else says. You are here and you are going to meet them and you're going to be in front of them, behind them and around them. In Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen.